Welcome to this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. I am Stuart Blythe, a member of the faculty ADC and the Dean of Chapel. Here, you'll get a chance to hear perceptive and powerful sermons which were delivered by staff, faculty, students, alumni and guests as part of our weekly Wednesday Chapel services. Good morning. My name is Margaret Mensa, and I'm in first year MDiv. Today's reading is from 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 to 3. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gifts of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Amen. Okay, well, good morning, ADC. Can we hear me well? Yes. Coming through okay. Awesome. Well, good morning, ADC. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. And, you know, for those who don't know me, my name is Darian David. I just finished my MDiv at ADC in the fall. I can't believe it happened so quick, but I got to the finish line, and I'm just so thankful to God. And before I begin my message this morning, I just want to say thank you to Stuart for gracing me with this opportunity. I'm truly honored and grateful. This is my first time speaking at chapel, and uh, I'm not able to be there in person, but you know, I'm not super fond of preaching virtually, but I'm truly thankful for times such as these and technology such as these. And sorry for that uh, virtual dog noise in the background there. <laughs> <laughs> well, ADC, as I was creating this message for this special occasion, one thing that I didn't want to do was make it complicated. Because let's be honest, sometimes we listen to a message in church and after sitting there for 30 minutes or more, we were just left thinking, What? <laughs> And while I know none of us here have made a, have preached like that, one major reason why I don't want this message to be complicated to understand is because the concept of, of this passage we're looking at today isn't complicated either. Because here in the Apostle Paul's 16 chapter letter titled 1 Corinthians, we find the new and fresh believers and church in Corinth severely divided over almost everything. Theological issues, cultural issues, leadership issues, sexual issues, issues about what they ate, and other issues related to their ethics, morals, and values. They were divided by their ethnicity as well as their social and economic class. See, ADC, the believers in Corinth were a highly diverse and blessed people as we are today, who have been shown grace, compassion, kindness, and unconditional love, to name a few things, by the Apostle Paul through Christ which brought many benefits to them individually, to the church, and to their community. But despite all this, they still couldn't see or appreciate the benefits and blessings of the diversity that God had orchestrated. They were having a hard time coping, hard time trusting, living, and most importantly, loving each other, similar to today. And this first of two letters that Paul wrote to these, these believers in church in Corinth was him saying, look, there are many differences present among you. But Jesus is the one who called you not only to his body or family, but to operate in this body as one, embracing your differences and to love one another doing it. 
Paul wrote to the believers in church and Corinth to guide them to understand that for them to operate as the body of Christ should, some unity needed to start happening now. And this unity can only happen by developing and demonstrating the love of Christ, whom they claim to follow. See, purposefully embedded into these verses we are looking at today, ADC, is a call to love by the Apostle Paul. A call to love. <laughs> you may be thinking, yes, a call to love. Because Paul is saying in these verses that while he is an apostle of Jesus Christ, if he could speak in the most interesting, intriguing, and wisest ways there are, but if he doesn't have love while doing that, he might as well be someone who just yells at the top of their lungs in the most annoying tone you could ever think of all day long. And some of you who are parents today may be thinking your child does that already, <laughs> or your spouse. <laughs> but then Paul says that even if he had the gift of prophecy, it could fathom or understand all mysteries and knowledge. Or in other words, even if he could be Einstein before Einstein, and even if he had a gigantic faith that could move the biggest mountain. And finally, even if he gave away all he had and went through the toughest things one could face in life. But if he doesn't have love amidst possessing these things, he considered himself in all of it nothing. Nothing. And an important point of consideration here, ADC, is that Paul uses himself as an example. Someone who they deeply respected, admired, and loved to show just how important it is that they start developing this thing called love. Because as many of us know, Paul knew what it was like not to love. See, Paul had a story before he met Jesus as we all do. Amen? And these verses spoken by the apostle carry even more significance. Because if there was anyone to use as an example of what the opposite of love looked like, it was Paul. Paul didn't show love at all. He viciously took people from their homes and had them put into prison. Paul didn't show love at all. He stirred up violent and angry mobs to attack people for their faith and ethnicity. Paul didn't show love at all. He ravaged and caused all sorts of trouble. He was looked at as a villain in most people's eyes during that time. Yet when the overpowering presence, power, and love of God came and showered over Paul on the road to Damascus, as most of us know, Paul's mind, heart, and actions changed for Christ. He went from being the author of death sentences to the author of love letters, as in the one we're looking at today. I said that he went from being the author of death sentences to the author of love letters, as in the one we're looking at today. Amen. So considering this ADC, what more is left for us? What more is left for us? See, some of us here might be a senior pastor a decorated and highly respected professor, a top scholar or athlete, a CEO or president in a business. But if we don't develop and exemplify genuine and authentic love in our minds, our hearts, our mouths, and our actions, according to Paul, who is considered far above all these roles and more, it all means nothing. And I'm so glad that God put this piece of scripture on my heart and spirit to preach because it convicted me so much. It made me realize that even though I have won many sports awards and scholarships, have completed two post-secondary degrees, 
and was called into the ministry of Jesus Christ. But if I don't have love, none of, none of it matters. I'm not sure if anyone here has watched the movie Jesus Revolution. If not, I, heard, I highly encourage you to do so. My fiance Angie and I watched it together in amazement at the story that unfolded. And I'll try not to spoil it if anyone, anybody, anyone goes up, uh, tries to watch it. But the movie is based on a true story that takes place during the 1960s and 70s. Some of you may have lived during this time and may remember this happening. And that's not a crack at you. I'm just saying, you know, I'm 29 now. I'm getting up there in age. I'm getting a little bit older. <laughs> but this was a time filled with sudden, swift and somewhat scary changes in culture, values, ethics, morals and many other things. One of these things was the rise of the so-called hippie movement. You know, peace signs, colorful clothes, driving in the Scooby-Doo vans. <laughs> but, this was a, <laughs> but this was a time when religion and God were becoming seemingly less important. And this group and others wanted to define their own meaning of religion, God, and truth. They went to loud festivals. They took drugs. They drank alcohol. Some even overdosed and died doing these things, all in a restless search for freedom from their problems in this life as well as to find answers to their deepest questions, like many of us today. However, in the middle of all this going on, the movie introduces a small church led by a man named Pastor Chuck Smith, <laughs> who preached to the same uptight crowd every single week. Eventually, Pastor Chuck's story and church took one of the biggest shifts that he, his family, and his congregation probably never thought it would. See, Pastor Chuck's daughter, Jeanette, meets a traveling hippie street preacher named Lonnie Frisbee. As the relationship grows, Lonnie keeps inviting himself and others he knows into the pastor's house. And over time, Pastor Chuck's heart and mind, his heart, his stereotypical views, and seeming disgust for the hippies starts to change. Eventually, not only does Pastor Chuck ask Lonnie to come work alongside him at the church, but he opens the church doors to the hippies and anyone else who feels led to come in. However, and catch this, as he opens the doors for others who don't speak, act, or look like those who filled the church prior, certain members of that congregation use those same doors to leave the church. See, much more can be said about this story, but the biggest point is that because Pastor Chuck Smith answered his call by God, in his circumstance to radically, to radically through the Holy Spirit, show the unconditional love of Christ. <laughs> it led to one of the biggest so-called Jesus movements ever in history. Are you guys with me? Are you guys with me, ADC? Pastor Chuck answered the call to love. ADC, despite his prejudices, biases, judgments, and stereotypes, and due to this and through the power of God, his church began bursting at the seams with those who were looked at and labeled as unlovable. Unlovable. Millions of souls were saved, lives were changed, and most importantly, people came to know who Jesus was and started their relationships with him. In ADC, just like during Jesus' time, the Apostle Paul's time, Pastor Chuck Smith and Lonnie Frisbee's time. And just like our time today, the call to love remains the same. Because I'm going to keep it real with you this morning. One of the main things that I've heard and continue to hear from believers and non-believers 
is that Christians simply don't show the love of God that they claim to follow instructs them to. I hear it everywhere. And not only this, but especially during African Heritage Month, my heart is still with the communities and individuals who have and are still dealing with the negative aftermath of destruction, trauma, abuse, hurt, pain, all done to them in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And yes, I know that while some of us under, under the sound of my voice are called by God to finish the degree, degree strong, to lead classes well, to raise children in the way that they should go, all the things that take up our schedules and that make us who we are. But I decree and declare this morning that we're also called by God to love while doing it. Amen? The fortunate thing, ADC, is that in Christ, and hear me and hear me here, is that we have a comma reality and not a period reality. A comma reality and not a period reality. What are you doing, man? <laughs> but what I mean by this is that we still have a God-given and ordained opportunity once I'm done preaching, to love and to love well in Christ. And I'm aware that today is Valentine's Day. And while some of you lovebirds out there may have someone you can already love, many others need to be loved too. And I know loving can be difficult. I have a sister. I have brothers. You know, I have and still engage with certain people that can make me tick quicker than others. But we must remember that we are not always the easiest to love either. We are sinful, sometimes very mean, judgmental, ungrateful, inconsiderate, and complainers. And those are just a few things. But the amazing thing is that God keeps unconditionally loving us, despite all these things and more. And we're called to love the same. I'm confident that not only were the believers in Corinth probably difficult to love for Paul or the hippies for Pastor Chuck, but it was probably very hard loving the people that were around the believers at Corinth during this time too. But I'm confident to say that from my interactions and what I see in the day today, this world doesn't need another Christian that judges or criticizes them. It's not cliche, this is real. What this world needs are Christians who will answer their call to love. I told you it wasn't going to be complicated. The Bible says that Jesus ate with the tax collectors and the sinners, man. The ones who society hated and cast out to the margins. Unlovable. And I'm not saying we have to be everybody's best friend. Nor does loving others mean we accept everything a person is doing either. However, we still need to show the love of Christ to everyone we meet. Amen? John 13, 35 says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple, if you love one another. I always tell my fiance Angie, that each conversation or moment you have with someone, regardless of who they are, matters. It matters. Show the love of Jesus at that moment, because we may be the only Christian that person ever encounters. See, one of the reasons the world looks at Christians in the church in the, way that, in the way that it does is because we haven't been answering the call to love as well as we can. 
theologian, minister, and co-founder of NAACP, Francis J. Grimke, said that Jesus was in vital touch with the world in the midst of which he lived. A world of sin, of sorrow, of suffering. And so he touched it. And so he touched it that he was a help, a blessing to it. His life flowed out in channels of blessings to all about him. And that is the way he says it should be with those of us who profess to be his followers. The world about us, he says, in its great and possessed pressing need is ever calling us to lend a helping hand. And unless we are responding to that call, he says, we can hardly venture to class ourselves among his followers. Ooh, I really could have just read that at the beginning and wrapped it up there. <laughs> but Darian, what is love and how do we show it? Well, right after this verse we are looking at today, Paul says what love is and how we do show it. And you're free to say it with me if you know as well. It says love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. One writer says, love is a way of being as a person, a way of thinking, acting, and living. It is, in fact, being Christ-like. And as much as people say that we can love others as much as they need to be on our own, I disagree. I disagree. It's the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us that allows us to love people as God desires them to be. Hey, I know that if it was not for my relationship with Jesus, I'll be the first to admit that I know where I'd be in my relationships and in this life. Amen? See, ADC, we can't show the love of God without establishing and maintaining a relationship with God. Jesus says that apart from him, we can do nothing. Nothing. One writer says the greatest man in history had no servants, yet they called him master. Had no degree, yet they called him teacher. Had no medicines, oh my goodness, but they called him healer. He had no army, yet kings feared him. He won no military battles, yet he conquers the world. And how did Jesus accomplish this ADC? By showing love. Radical love. And as I get ready to close, Paul's whole theology and understanding of love was not complicated. It was by imitating Jesus. A little earlier in the same letter we are reading from today, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Everyone under the sound of my voice, including myself, has an opportunity right now to answer the call to love. All of us under the sound of my voice may be part of many different things. Many different things. But we all have the same call to love. We all have an opportunity to change the narrative. Remember, comma reality and not a period reality. This message is a call to love for you. It is a call to love for me. Because the people around us, this world, 
This world needs us to truly answer it. Dr. Dr. Grace just read a whole story, basically, a whole prayer on how we need to exemplify this and answer our call to love. This is a call to love yourself more as well. Jesus says to love others as yourself. Everybody under the sound of my voice today has an opportunity to set the standard, to set ourselves apart. That's the call as true disciples and Christians. Jesus answered his call to love. Paul answered his call to love. Pastor Chuck Smith, his family, some of his congregation, and Lonnie Frisbee answered their call to love. This call to love by Paul was for the believers in the church then, and it is the same call for the believers in the church now. And the question I want to leave us all this morning, on Wednesday, February 14th, 2024, is will we answer our call to love today? Thank you. Thank you for joining us in this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. You can follow us on social media. Discover more on our website at acadiadiv.ca or join us for chapel on a Wednesday.